Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Happy Easter. I hope you're having a lovely day so far. This week's podcast is brought to you, as always, by the lovely Golding Accountancy. If you need an accountant, then wearegolding.com are your people. They're really nice and they're really good. So, choose them. Um, This week, this is literally the 15th time I've recorded this intro and outro. We did this podcast Friday night. It's now Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I spoke to the lovely B. Dolan, who's over in Rhode Island. He's a rapper activist, all-round amazing person, and he's now doing gigs on Minecraft for like concerts, like festival concerts, it's amazing, and he's got one this coming weekend, so we wanted to get this out, so if you want to go to the concert, you can, but we talk about that in the podcast, and I'll post all the links for everything of how you can go if you want to. Um, It's all free, and then you can donate what you can give, so basically it's aimed at everyone can go, and then if you've got a bit of money, then you can show the love. And we, so we did the podcast and then we said bye and then we carried on talking for like half an hour and I was recording it on Zoom as a backup. So I've actually used that, some of that in the podcast because we had a good conversation about politics and healthcare and all that shiz. So I thought, you know what, actually I'm going to leave it in. And I I asked him and he was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to try and do his accent because I can't. Um, And also there's a secret bit where he, our connection got lost. And he carried on recording. And I've left that in as well because it really made me laugh. So I hope you appreciate these added extras. If you don't, I apologise. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, there's a year's worth of episodes you can go back and enjoy. So check them out. I think that's it. Enjoy the podcast. Oh, we yeah, enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. I let me tweet one more thing about Bandcamp Friday. Oh yeah, oh is it if it's Friday, isn't it? I get it's yeah. bank holiday here, so yeah, I get confused with the days. That's just pretty much every day though. <laughs> yeah, it's all one day now. Get my thing correctly. Get out of album album dropping dropping mode. Alright, we're good. Twitter's good. They can marinate on that. Get my <laughs> thingy right here. Alright, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you recording? Yes. <gasps> I'm so excited. What's up? Right. Hi, B. Dolan. Hey. <laughs> you got a podcast now? Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I've been doing it for like a year. Do you know what? On my Facebook memories today, it was three years ago today that I saw you. In... Damn. Was it At... Palo Alto? The, the tiny Is that place? Where we met? With the vegan, oh, well, we had the we... vegan burger, didn't we? Yeah. Do well, you we remember? Met... First time, shit, man, it's all one tour those years. When you were in, <laughs> I think you were playing in San Francisco and you came to Palo Alto. Oh, to oh, oh, okay, when, oh, when you saw me out there. Oh, okay, Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When was the last time you were here? Uh, the Epic Beardman Tour. That yes. was uh, 2018, maybe. Okay. Because that's uh, been a really long time then. Yeah, I wasn't out there last summer, right? No, yeah, last I was locked. Year, no <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. What was I doing? What was I just doing? Yeah. <laughs> but that's right. really weird so because 20, you think, 20, oh, yeah, no, I've not done that for like a year. But then you think, no, it's been two years because last year yeah. just didn't exist. Yeah, right. It was it one long so, day. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, shit. So, You've come on to talk about. <laughs> Minecraft. Oh no! I mean, God. we don't have to, we don't have to talk about Minecraft the whole time. <laughs> no, we I'm sure to you... talk about Minecraft. And I only it's just because Lola. Yeah. Like now she plays with people, so it's brilliant. But when yeah. she first got it, she was like, "Mum, look at this, whatever I created," <laughs> and I yeah. honestly couldn't be less interested. Yeah. But when I saw all the stuff that you were doing, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can get into that because obviously yeah. it's music." Yeah, it's a strange one, and it's a it's a, like a big disconnect with people in our generation and the the yeah. kids. They're like, um, 
I've had to explain that to a bunch of people that like video games are, are way different now. First, I had to figure it out myself. And just from, I had the same experience when my little nephew was playing with it originally. He was doing like this single player thing. And he was just like, oh, look, I killed this cow and it became leather. And now I can, and I'm like, ah, oh, weird. Okay, so you just kill animals now? Cool. So video games seem like they come a long way, but they actually <laughs> have. And, uh, and as I played it, I've I'm still streaming. I've I like got bit by the bug like in the pandemic because he's an only child. He was by himself. I canceled my world tour dates. That's why I was supposed to be in England. Like I was about to actually kick off a big, long, extensive tour uh, with a Manchester show, and that was that was coming. I feel like that was at March thirty first, and at the beginning of March was when I canceled everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that the, Manchester was the first call, and there was a whole UK tour that was booking up, and uh, so yeah, I was due to be back out there <laughs> last summer, and so I was home, like trying to figure out what I was doing, and he was home, bored, and so I was like, and I, I realized that we could play Minecraft virtually together on this uh, multiplayer server thing that they have. So that's yeah. like that's how we started. Like I got like a basic little headset. And would just kick it with him when he was like bored out of his mind and driving his mother crazy. Like we would just, and I would be like, all right, so what are we doing here? We punch trees. And then he like, and, and he plays in this really like all over the place kind of way where he just like uses the game for whatever he feels like doing. So we would do a lot of like PVP as they call it. A lot of player versus player. Oh, the cat's here. Good. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. She knows whenever podcasts are being recorded, makes her way in. It's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and she's very vocal because she's old. Oh, hi. Uh, hey, yeah, that's Ella. She'll be popping in for guest oh. drops. She's my DJ. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we started playing Minecraft, and he showed me very. He like he likes to like make forts, and then you'd come and try and raid my fort. I'd come and try and raid your fort, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then. But in the course of it, you know, is I'm just understanding, like, okay, so we can use these blocks to build anything, and I'm immediately bored of building forts, so now I'm, like, just building <laughs> weird buildings and looking at all these blocks. And eventually, I guess, I just started making a music venue, probably because I was, yeah, because I was thinking about live music and how much yeah. I missed it, and then... And we would just goof around in there and talk about touring and stuff and just have conversations while we played. And then at a certain point, I made a drum machine. That was where he, oh, because he, he really wanted me to make him an elevator. So I had to okay. like, I had to start Googling these, yeah, Googling these YouTube videos. I would go to Google, I would Google YouTube, I would go to YouTube, and then, and then I would put how to make an elevator in Minecraft. And this is what like I was up late doing, but there's like this thing called redstone in the game that's basically like an electrical circuit. So you right. pro you programming it with repeaters and signals and stuff that cut each other off, and I found a tutorial on how to make a drum machine and I made a drum machine and like right around then is the point where like he's going to bed and I'm just like playing Minecraft for three more hours like <laughs> like I just <laughs> kind of like got into this shit and uh, and it became like a good like anti anxiety pandemic lock in like yep. uh, thing. And uh, so I built a music venue and at the same time I'm on like Twitch once a week now trying to figure out like how to perform in a virtual space with yep. an audience. And 
I'm just talking about what's going on with me and how much Minecraft I'm playing and how like I'm like oh it started as a joke just that we could have a show in Minecraft with my Patreon subscribers like oh all 10 of you like jo you know join this uh server and like we can and then like as the idea kind of snowballed and the Patreon thing kind of took off it became like a goal that the community was trying to hit and then other artists started jumping on like Kimia Dawson and Mega Ren and some serious like acts started coming together and I was like oh shit I think like we're about to really throw a show in Minecraft yeah. and and that's when I reached out to Pip uh and asked him to host and we had like a real lineup and figured out like how to monetize it with man it turned out we were able to sell like in-game merch that you could buy inside the game and put like band t-shirts on on your little character and then physical merch and then just tips on the stream we were able to yeah we were able to raise like six g's and pay all these artists out for a, like a great That's show amazing. yeah like be, more than guaranteed and, and it was so important as well because everyone was really suffering weren't they people that yeah were yeah live they were completely cut weren't they off with the pandemic yeah so it's amazing that you created a brand new revenue stream yeah and I, I, yeah like i'm not the first to ever do it as i as i started talking about the idea i became aware of like a couple other companies that like uh, were doing something like this there's a, a concert company called open pit that had done a couple events and like i, I halfway through i kind of went to one of those with my nephew and i was amazed <laughs> at like how much like being at a show it was it's really mm -hmm. oddly like being in a show because you're all these little avatars moving around have names over their head and are connected to people. Uh, and so like me and my nephew are on a call and like you're listening to the music through Twitch, but you're in the game all with each other and with everyone else on the server. People are jumping around, dancing, and you're inhabiting like this physical space. So like it would be like at a show where I would lose my nephew and be like, where are you? He'd be like, I'm, I'm at the bar. I'm at the, I'm at the bar on the left side of the stage. And I'm, so I'm like going to find my nephew, my nine-year-old nephew and like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this really feels like being at a show. And yeah. and that's been the feedback with everyone, like artists and performers. On the artist side, it's been like a little bit of a weird arm twisty kind of like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I want to do what? And, and, and it's dope that they're giving us sets for the broadcast, but at the same, so it feels like a little extra to ask them like, oh, and by the way, like you should download Minecraft, make it a Minecraft account, pick out a skin, log into Minecraft at this time. <laughs> but but when they do, they're like, holy shit, that felt so good. It felt like I was at a show. It felt like I was, yeah. like, that's what everyone keeps saying. Um, and yeah, so like we leaned into it now and we started doing more and more of these shows and I'm promoting shows in Minecraft these days. That's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone had said that like two years ago, <laughs> yeah what? so you just did one at brown's university yes right yeah i got hired How by was that yeah i got hired by brown um which is dope i got contracted to do, to produce two shows and it paid for me to build this super streaming computer so now like i can stream at the level of like a rich 15 year old so you made a computer yeah yeah we built a computer me and my wife desiree how, how do you go about doing that? Uh, piece by piece. For me, that's like I couldn't even begin to yeah. get my head around. Do you just get the bits off eBay and put it together? Yeah, there were real moments of terror, <laughs> for sure. 
but it's it was massive. Like yeah, the it's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's got LEDs inside. I mean, I I splurged, <gasps> but um, but yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. What it's, a thing uh, to say you've done though. That's amazing. Made yeah, a computer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kids are doing it these days. Uh, it, like going into the Twitch world, like my blueprint for what I have been doing for the past decade was an older version of DIY touring get in the van type shit so like I really the pandemic caused me to like stop have all that cut off as a possibility and go investigate all this like computer based stuff that I had been hearing about and like thinking like oh yeah 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 that's important I should get to that I should I should start a patreon yeah yeah I should do something on twitch like and so, so I'm so yeah Twitch I'm late. Is for, what, I thought Twitch was like a gaming thing where people watch people play games. But does, is there a different things on there as well? Then it's a it's a streaming platform. So yeah, it's um there's a lot of gamers, but there's a a ton of music com- content, especially since the pandemic. Like okay, d- yeah, Twitch is where I go to see DJs that I like now. Like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of great DJ channels on Twitch. Yeah, and it's like uh, I mean it's. Uh, they, I think, started the whole streaming culture thing, and then YouTube kind of quickly piggybacked on. So YouTube and and Twitch are where streamers live, and um, as a musician, it's like a different mode. Even from podcasts and other stuff, we're used to where it's like we're very used to creating content with a purpose, <laughs> whereas yeah. s- streaming is sort of just like a a casual hangout with activity with group shared activity kind of yeah yeah so it's less like about what's you know it's 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 a longer thing like people don't even pop into like 45 minutes in it's like it's a it's a hangout it's a virtual hangout yeah yeah that you yeah that you base around either (laughs) games or music or both or some combination people have to pay to come to the thing or do you have to pay to be a member i don't know how it works the this well, the next one we're doing is a benefit for the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers, and it's going to be like 20 bands over the course of two days, um, and it'll be free to wow. watch. Yeah, free to watch, free to listen to. You don't need Minecraft to attend either. So oh, like, wow. Yeah. I've kind of, I've also like, now that I got this, this giant, powerful computer... And a team of Minecraft architects, like no lie, like I've I've really learned to, to like build these these show venues because the the other cool thing that we get to like offer to bands is you can play any stage, like anything. You you tell us where your ideal performance happens, and we'll build it for you. So wheelchair sports wow. camp, they performed in front of a burning police precinct, and people were just <laughs> like dancing on top of flaming police cars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and like Kimya Dawson performed in this like lush jungle environment in front of a giant flower. Eli performed in the moon. Like um everybody just, you know, or people would give us these abstract patterns that we would turn into stages. So the last show we did for Brown it started in an underwater dome and then people took like this rainbow elevator up to a floating island for the second act and then another rainbow elevator up to the third act which was in a sky island rainbow stage and then yeah so it's it's a and and i've realized now like that what we're basically doing is like making a concert film especially for the people who like aren't aren't in minecraft what you see on the stream is one 
is my perspective as I kind of like fly around and videotape people and what's happening in the artists on stage and stuff. Yeah. And, and you see what, man, people show behavior too. Like there were mosh pits. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people can really dance. Like they figure out ways to make their little avatars dance and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's really some really neat footage that we've made. And yeah, you can watch it. It's video on demand on my YouTube and Twitch channels. So you can okay. see what it looks like. And then, so it, it streams during the event. And that's where you hear the music and you see one view and you can leave a tip on the stream. And that's, so we raise the majority of our money through the tips on the stream, through either yeah. YouTube or Twitch. And then um, if you have the game, then there's a multiplayer server that you can join and you'll be in there. And then you just okay. leave leave the music on and you have like your perspective as you run around and do shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a good so time. What's the, what's the benefit for? Uh, the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers. So they're, okay. a, yeah, a union of musicians that is uh, formed during the pandemic by some folks yeah. we know. Um, they that have like strong union backgrounds it's a uh, joey from the downtown boys who was previously with the what cheer brigade which is the marching brand we brought to england years ago oh um, yeah yeah so they've been down with the union forever we know them them for, they're from providence and joey is my direct connect into the union but i started hearing about the work they were doing and that they were fighting spotify um for equal pay for musicians and when i looked into it it was yeah. just like uh yeah it was exactly what's needed at the moment in the music industry yeah. is a so you know union uh musicians gig workers allied workers uh who are looking out for like safer venues uh better practices within the music industry top to bottom yeah. on all issues um from like spotify paying better rates to yeah. clubs not calling the police and training their staff yeah, and yeah. de-escalation de yeah. and making people safe um yeah. all yeah, all the stuff that, like, you know, with the music industry shut down, it was a lot of time to, like, contemplate everything that had gone on up to this point. And, and the Minecraft thing is sort of that, too. It's like a, re, it's like a, okay, everything stops. So, like, what would the ideal situation be where, you know, everyone at these Minecraft shows is safe? in their body, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, while, yeah. while attending. So like, how yeah. do we get there? And, and even the lineups, we've gone to like great lengths to like diversify and equal out and balance out the lineups. Like it's not yeah. all white cis hetero dudes at, at yeah, our shows. Yeah. Like we're so, you know, like it's, it's kind of fun to create like what the scene could be in an ideal space. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll see what it is <laughs> when it returns, yeah, but, it but yeah. So the union is in line with that. So they were oh, perfect. Yeah, lined up. So for people that don't know who you are, B. Dolan. I'm one of them. You I'm are one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> you are a international rap star. Okay. <laughs> How did you start out? Have you always you've always done music, haven't you? But did did you start off as a poet? I see I forget. I know that's really bad because I've known you no, for far too long. No, I mean, yeah, it's like people became aware of me as a poet. My first uh, release was in 2000. My first major release was in 2008 um, on Strange Famous Records. And it was a super experimental spoken word hip hop record that a lot of people yeah. didn't catch or didn't. <laughs> so like the people who the people who love it really, really love it. Yeah. And 
I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think like that's where I might even be headed next, like back towards stuff back, like yeah. that. Yeah. Because um, you came, I don't, I'm sure I have told you this, but you came to a club night that I was working at. You came to Plastic People. Okay, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Shoreditch, like a million oh, damn. years ago. And I remember, because I'm sure oh. that Dave Pitt must have sorted it out, or he must have said that you were coming. Mm. That was I can't the, remember now, but that was the first yeah. time I ever met you, but it was kind of out of the context of how we know each other. Do you know what I mean? Word. Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a dope night. I, that was just like a pitch black club, right? Just yes. like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's one of my favourite places in the whole wide world. and it's Well, it is still there, but I think it's like a cocktail bar now. But it was just the darkest, smallest, yeah. loudest club. It was yeah. just perfect. Yeah, that show was yeah. dope. Yeah. I got a lot of inspiration that night. I actually like have a couple of recordings I made on my phone that night of stuff that oh, was wow. just, just like cool drum patterns or stuff that yeah. I heard and wanted to remember. Somewhere yeah. in these archives. So when did you start doing music? Have you always written from when you were a young American? Maybe. Maybe. Um, Yeah, my mom taught piano lessons uh, as her her, like third job uh, when we we were growing up. And uh, so there was like always a piano in the house and she would try to give me lessons, but... uh, I, you can't like sit with your mom at a piano and have no. her cor- correct you like, nah. uh, <laughs> but when no one was home, I would definitely like sit at the piano and mess around with it. And so that in that way, I guess I always was kind of like untrained and noodling. And then my dad had a drum set and I would mess around with that again, like got like three lessons and then was just like unteachable, <laughs> un- untrainable. <laughs> But uh, but music was always around, even when I didn't want it to be. Like my, we had very thin walls, and I would hear all my mom's piano lessons in the next room. Like all these kids yeah. fucking up all night long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and then I would just kind of stay in my room and listen to music and read books. So at a certain point, I started writing a bunch of stuff. I would write like poems and stories and raps and specifically like there was a record by Scarface called The Diary that I heard when I was 12 and it mm. reached all the dark angry parts of my heart even though <laughs> it was like I had no shared experience with Scarface at that point in 1992 as a 12 year old uh <laughs> but uh but it made me want to write, and I started like writing more stuff. Not even exactly like that record, but some some of it was. But it was just like all this really dark stuff. I started writing as a teenager, and then uh, eventually I moved to New York, where all my favorite rappers came from. Hip hop, I would find like it wasn't everywhere at that time when I was growing up. Yeah. So it was certain releases. It was like the Diary. It was Method Man's first album. It was Biggie's first album. And then I started, as I got older, I started to find like DJ Clue tapes because we were about three and a half hours north of New York and an hour yeah. south of Boston where I grew up. Um, so low on the dial on the radio station, you could find some hip hop. And uh, like, I, you know, you just get like really cling to what you have. And then yeah. when I, t- yeah, when I turned 18, I moved to New York to just go find hip hop <laughs> or something. And, uh, <laughs> and I was, so I started performing at the New Eurekan Poets Cafe and I walked in there just like on a, on a Wednesday during an open mic and I, it was a poetry slam. So I got up and 
perform there for the first time and I was kind of immediately successful. So yeah. I, I sort of just got carried up in that for a minute. Like people came to know me first as a poet and a lot of people saw me on stage for the first time as a poet. So I got that reputation. So I, my, when I released my first proper rap release was in 2010. People had already like one idea of me and then the the rap stuff sort of started to pick up its own momentum and that's when I started touring with Dan and Pip and met them and came out yeah. there for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's complicated. It, I wouldn't expect <laughs> you to know all that. It's, it's deep. That's deep dive stuff. Who cares? <laughs> um, but you don't just write music, do you? You've written a very successful movie. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a couple Which of movies. Which I have seen. Full yeah. Is it on Amazon or Netflix? I don't know out there. Fear. I would, I would, you don't I'd, know. I'd bet on Amazon. I bet you yeah, Amazon's going to it. It is out, out, but that's amazing. How did you, do you get approached to do that? Or did you write it? I got approached. Then... Yeah, that, well, that was, um, so I've been doing like script doctor stuff since 2000. I mean, this is why, like, when I mentioned doing experimental weird poetry stuff for two years before, <laughs> like, it's because <laughs> I was also taking these gigs where, um, I was getting paid to like help write horror movies and just, like low budget horror movies that never got yeah. made. I would take like any, pretty much any w moderately worthwhile writing gig at that time. And so I, it led me into all types of writing through, through the yeah. years. And I mean, that's even before then. It was just, if you wanted me to write something, I would do that. I just like was hustling, dropped out of school and it was like, I'll write, what do you want? You want a bio for your band? Do you want an article? You want, um, and so that was how I originally like met the people involved, though it was years later when they kind of came back to me and were like, are you still writing scripts? And I was like, yeah, hypothetically, <laughs> I'm still writing anything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and at that point, when it, man, I don't rem even remember when we started writing Vault, but so many things had not turned into movies that I, w I was, I'm always just of the attitude of like, yeah, yeah. like I'm kind of just like mercenary come through. Like, um, yeah. so I'm always like, Oh shit, that got made into a movie. <laughs> you know, like that was my first film was like that. I was like, Oh really? Oh, you kidding? And, uh, and then the, the vault was the follow up to that. So they, the, our first movie was like a low budget, horror film called almost mercy that i did with the same director and production company out of yeah. rhode island and basically that one like did well for the horror genre it, that one was super low budget i i soundtracked that one too i didn't make original music for it but i basically like we made the soundtrack by me reaching out to my friends and being like hey care if i use your music in a movie like there's yeah. <laughs> that movie has like meter made songs in it and a Baccaradu song in it it's like yeah. um but so that was basically like the trial run. And I've come to learn that like horror is often that it's like a trial run, you know, yeah. like, can you make a movie? And so and P that one was pretty well received within the horror market. They were like, whoa, this this movie kind of so like surprisingly isn't just a mess, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, and so like that was when they they gave us the offer to write a movie about the bonded vault heist. The Bonded Vault Heist, which is a, a real-life uh, robbery that took place in Providence in the 70s. Yeah. When uh, $32 million was stolen from the mob. <gasps> and, uh, and th yeah, this one had, like, a real budget and a cast and everything. And 
Did you know about the story previous to being asked to write about it? I did. Is it like a legend of the area? Does everyone know about it? It's a legend of the area. I had also heard some things through uh, members of the family. Oh, re- oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rhode, I- Rhode Island is a very small state where, where we live. And so, yeah. Yeah, I had heard that story. Yeah. Yeah. And so and when they... They, I, Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, have you, and have you written more films yet? Because I'm sure when I spoke to you last time, you were writing another script. Yeah, that one got sidelined um, okay. due, due to the pandemic. It's sort of oh, in, yeah. in limbo. Like, we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a. I mean, that was another thing that happened. Was a lot of styles of production just kind of were like, well, sh-, you know, and and remain shut down. Um, yes, yeah. But at that said, like I, I continue to like think about ideas, and it's sort of the the movie thing. Like now realizing I've learned a lot through the process. Like at, at first, yeah. like I said, I was really treating it as a kind of side hustle thing. Um, but the vaults, the vault movie in particular. Uh, writing it and scoring it and watching the process start to finish and all the kind of different factors that influence an idea like or 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 an idea will have to cross and contend with from conception to like being made into a thing um it's hard to really understand that until you're like in it and seeing like oh okay that's what happens oh okay this you know (laughs) you know like um so that said like it was inspiring at the end of the day like it was just like i i wasn't expecting five years to just vanish like into this project like but that's what that's what happens like from the time you start start writing it revisions um come back with notes you know like and then all the you know there's just like hundreds and hundreds of collaborators it's so yeah so much bigger than a record like yeah, or one, yeah. one of my records for sure so understanding how my ideas about uh, a scene translate into practical realities about costumes actors production shooting all you know like yeah it's just things that you don't like of water in a scene no 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 <laughs> like you know don't don't write anything with water in it like or, you know like out, outside versus inside like the practicalities of filmmaking were, you know like where the rubber hits the road with your ideas yeah um it's interesting like it's it's you know it's like as a writer it's an interesting challenge that yeah having gone through the process now it's like oh okay if i did this again i would approach this like this and yeah so yeah so i'm in between things and kind of considering a couple different ways of going next and things yeah. that I, I could write. But there's also that consideration of like, okay, if this is going to be the next five years, how are you going to make sure yes. this is the dopest thing you could be doing for the next five yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big commitment. Yeah. But then also, also you've had some pretty life-changing things happen to you, haven't you? Yeah. Not just COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Not just. So... What happened last year? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened last year? Um, well, the pandemic happened, and I had to cancel all the world tour dates. And uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of the shortest way to catch you up on my medical history. I've I've had I've had back issues while touring and performing for a long time since since uh, man, it's hard to even say. Pre- 
at least for the last five or six years yeah. um, prior to the pandemic even. Um, I had been like just aware of like, or I had a tour where I had to lay down in the back seat on a van because it became like painful to, to like just be sitting up in a van seat. And I was like, oh, Where that's was weird. the pain? In the lower or upper or just the whole uh, back? Uh, I would have various issues, but usually in the like upper around my shoulders uh, and neck. And then yeah. sometimes lower back stuff with hips and all that and like just achy stuff, you know, and you just yeah. like at a certain age, you're just like, ah, oh, that's, that's how getting old feels. That's just like, <laughs> ah, that's just your shitty body, you know? Um, <laughs> and I mean, I smoke weed, Amy. I don't know if you know this about me. I, I am aware. We're I deep in the, we're, we're deep in the podcast. The kids have gone to bed. Um, so I, I think that in some way though, I was maybe like self-medicating some stuff with that. Yes, like I, yeah, yeah. and because for me, it was not, it was not like a debilitating thing or a chill out thing. It was a like, get work done. Like I would smoke a joint, like a cigarette and then just yeah. go like load an entire venue full of merch or unload it after a show where after yeah. dri driving for 12 hours. Uh, so like we were doing a very physically intensive form of touring for yeah. a, d a decade and, uh, or more. And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, at a certain point, like, I would notice certain stuff like muscles spasming or like certain things just kind of cramping up on me <clears throat> when, uh, and a, at a certain point I got curious about it. At a certain point I lost a hundred pounds just trying to like get more healthy because I was generally aware, you know, like, you know, when you're being gross <laughs> to, your, <laughs> to your body, you know, you're just not caring about yourself. And at a certain point, I was like, look, man, like your back's all messed up. Like, if you want to continue doing this, you got to like act like an athlete a little bit. This is not just yeah. going to forever be natural. You're going to have to learn to stretch and do all in, you know, so I did that uh, for a good period of time. Like I was, I was making positive health moves. I lost, like I said, I lost a hundred pounds. I was in, I went to physical therapy for like the burning sensation and it kind of straightened me out and I felt better. And I was actually like even going to the gym a little bit, trying to like strengthen and do some push-ups for the first time. And then we went on the first leg of the Epic Beardman US tour and I noticed my three fingers and my left hand had gone numb on the wheel. And, um, and I thought like, oh, I hope that's not a stroke. And then, <laughs> and then like... <laughs> It wasn't a stroke. So I was like, oh, okay. it's that's it. It's just a new <laughs> shitty part of your body now. Like, <laughs> and, uh, oh. but, but, uh, but I addressed it. I went back to physical therapy. They told me they thought it was a nerve problem and entrapped yeah. ul ulnar nerve, which is a common thing. And uh, I was in physical therapy for about eight months working on that with, with little relief. But they were like, well, you know, nerve stuff can take a long time. Yeah. And... The pandemic hit, I stopped going to physical therapy. I started feeling kind of crappier and crappier. And I was distance learning my nephew who's nine every day. So I was like up and sitting at a computer. And at a certain point I was like, man, I, and my wife had been telling me for a long time actually to get an MRI and insisting like, you should get an yeah. MRI. You should have someone look at your spine. And uh, I did finally. And when they looked at it, they were like, oh, you know, and I was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting like way less intense news. I got like a, a phone call that was really scary. That was basically saying that my spinal cord had been compressed badly for at least the last three to five years. And, oh my um, God. 
and that I needed emergency surgery um, and was in at like high risk of becoming paralyzed from the neck down. Like I was, I had probably been one car crash away for the last three to five years. Yeah. What caused uh, it? Do they know what caused it or is it just? They're pretty sure it's like congenital, but at the same okay. time, at the same time, um, I, I don't think a lot of people live like I had been living. And I, as I like talk about this more, I've found out that like a lot of the uh, metal guys have fused spines. A lot of the Metallica cats. Oh, really? And, yeah, from like years of like headbanging and being on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe just a big guy thing too. Like I'm a big giant yeah. dude. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But th- they say, you know, it was nothing specific, but yeah. Um, yeah, they were asking me all types of scary stuff like, can you feel your legs? Can you walk upstairs? Because they said like most people that have uh, MRIs that look like this can't walk upstairs. That's time. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But it's amazing that you didn't even know. That yeah, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was terrifying when I thought of like what I had been doing like the day, you know, the day before yeah. and how I had been yeah, yeah. treating myself and things. Because, um, yeah, I was just like kind of brought up in one of those like working class families that's just like smoke a cigarette. Drink, drink, a, drink a six pack, and go move that fucking tree from over there. It's over there. Like, <laughs> I, you know, had to start from the beginning with, and I'm still, I'm still, yeah, yeah at a pretty well, basic. You just get stage. on with it, don't you? Just get on with it. Come on. Yeah. And like you said, when you first started feeling the pains, it was just like, oh, it's just me getting old. You wouldn't yeah. think, oh, maybe something's wrong. Yeah. 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 And you know, toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and capitalism like I've yes and capitalism, capitalism. you know hustle yeah. uh you know <laughs> I, was, I was out there hustling amy i was like you, uh, you know and, and it's uh, hard as well like people think oh you're a, you're a signed musician but they don't understand about the touring it's like you're driving yourself you're not sleeping or you're sleeping in shitty hotels because obviously you're paying for everything yourself you're lugging all of your merchandise around which is sit well with, with cds at least it wasn't finals but mind you you probably did have some finals no well, yeah no actually <laughs> i blame the uk uh because <laughs> you will buy so much vinyl that you t- were forever tempting me to carry more and more vinyl out there and coming up to the merch booth uh, uk and france they would they would like shame you for not having vinyl <laughs> It's like you just <laughs> shipped it over from America. But yeah, it's, it's hard, hard work. And you and Sage, who is the other half of the Epic Beard Band, you're literally, your whole life, is you're on tour, aren't you? You've been on tour every year for the last however yeah. many years. And that's just what it is. Yeah, that was the cycle so of how, how... Yeah, that was how we continued to fund albums. That yes. was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no giant advances from major record labels. It was like, go out there, do a killer tour. You'll make new fans every tour. You know, that was how, that was our replacement for marketing budgets and yeah. pay, payola and all that. Uh, the internet like dispersed our music to a certain fan base. But then from there, it was like, what other tour can you get on? Who else can you get in front of and impress them on stage? meet them yeah. at the merch booth, sell them a CD, shake their hand, and 
like if you've sent them home with a good enough record, then they come back next time. So you just keep coming yeah. back to their city over and over again. And, uh, you know, they they will not download your T-shirts. They'll come to the show. They'll buy the shirt. They'll have a night out. Yeah. It's just, you know, the scene. Um, which, yeah, 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 it's work for sure. Yeah. So, but, so yeah. you needed emergency surgery. <laughs> yeah, so I had that. So what Real did quick. they do to you? What did they need to do? They, it. Well, no, they they basically like there's uh, the spinal column has bones in the front and bones in the back. The my neck was pinched very badly um, and compressed in the back. So they took out all them bones and replaced it with a big steel rod. Uh, oh my from, god! Yeah, from like the middle of my back to the upper part of my skull. So I like I to turn left and right. I now need to kind of move my upper body. I'm I am fused, as they say. I'm I'm a cyborg now. Wow! Yeah, I got screws and pins. Like Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. But, so it, will it always be like that? Then you'll never be able to turn your neck. You well, always have to move like your body, or will it get easier? Yeah, my wife calls me Flat Stanley now. Do you have, do you have, do you have Flat Stanley? Did that book make it over? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very two-dimensional now. I'm like a Minecraft character. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Is that full meta? circle. Is that what that... Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, have, I have three movements. I can move my little hand, I can squat, and I can jump. Those are my Minecraft <laughs> movements. Shift bar, space bar. Yeah. Um... But yeah, no, it's I. It was an intense. I'm still in physical therapy, basically seeing like what yeah. what uh, what I can regain. Um, and yeah, I met with a surgeon on Wednesday. Actually, he was telling me that it will take up to a year, uh, a year to a year and a half for my nerves to now get back to where they are supposed to be or are going to be. Um, right. So yeah, so it's kind of like an ongoing thing. I'm in physical therapy once a week. There was a, I mean, the six weeks after surgery was just intense, like pain management. And I started out on a walker and went to a cane and then yeah. was able to like start walking again. And how uh, long ago was the surgery? January 18th. So I woke up from surgery and watched Joe Biden get inaugurated. Oh, oh that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> on a potent so cocktail. So it's been like three months. Yeah. Three and a half months. Yeah. Well, considering, I mean, you've went through major surgery and you're up chatting and... Yeah. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. didn't they say that you could have been paralysed from the surgery? Yes. Yeah, that was also a risk. Like, the, I, we talked to two surgeons and the first surgeon had all types of terrible things to say. <laughs> and he, seem, he, he seemed shook. I wasn't feeling it, yeah. He, had, he seemed shook and he had bad ideas. He wanted to, like... He wanted to go in through the front of my neck, uh, which he said was like less of a painful um, recovery time, but had the the added bonus of possibly changing my voice forever. Uh, because to go in through the front of my neck, they were going to have to move my vocal cords. And, have you uh, seen Up? Uh, yes. Up? Yeah, I have. Yeah. You know when the dog has the cone on that makes his voice really high? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would it have been like that? I don't know. I'm luckily, I'm lucky not to know. I didn't like that dude. No, I, I didn't like. No, yeah, I don't yeah. know you. <laughs> so you went with the other guy. So they went through the back then. Y yes. Yep. 
Dr. Oyelesi, shout out. Um, he went in through the back. He said, you know, How I was going to... How long was the surgery? Seven and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, it's what crazy. What do. What he does, it, like, every day. I, yeah. I woke, you know, that was, like, the immediate feeling aside, you know, in the aftermath was just, like, just kind of shock and gratitude. Like, I mean, having never gone through any surgery to going straight to, like, the most intense surgery and yeah. people that, like, worked on the ward were like, whoa, that's a that's the biggest incision on a spinal fuse I've ever seen. Uh, so, like, people were having that <laughs> reaction to me and I was okay. just like, hey, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm grateful for what y'all do. I, you know, like it's January. We're in the middle of a COVID spike. I'm alone in the hospital. You know, so no one could yeah. be, no one could visit or anything. Oh, I was in, yeah, of course. I was in there for five or six days, and uh, and then yeah, even coming home was a real intense process of figuring out where the meds needed to be in order to cover the intense like pain. There's a lot of like nerve pain, muscle spasms, crazy shit going on. Um, was it and, just everywhere? Was it your whole body hurt? Definitely my entire upper body. And yeah. I now know why that is. They like mentioned a baby being swaddled. And if you were to unswaddle the baby and it would reach out and stretch out, that's when you we uncompressed the spine. Like all the nerves are now just trying to go back to or be in new places. Yeah. So not on nerve pain medication, which I, I now know I really needed to be. Um, I was just feeling everything and like <clears throat> your nerves control, your nerves tell your muscles to spasm or to, you know, contract and relax. So they would send the signal to spasm and then never send the signal to relax. So just all the muscles in my upper body were spasming oh oh and I had these crazy, crazy like knots and <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Uh, and didn't know what to do. I was just like putting ice on it and until... Oh. I reached the ultimate point of pain and uh, my wife called the doctor and was like, something's not right with this. And that's when they put me on gabapentin, which turned out to be the medicine that I needed to be like uh, oh my God. Uh, a human. Did it make it a lot better? Yeah. As soon from, as you took that, was it yeah, like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. From there, I was just like sore. Very, yeah. You know, like, um, but, but yeah, shortly from there, like I got off the walker and was able to like be on a cane for a while and cut back the meds on a pretty good schedule because I wasn't trying to mess with Oxycontin for too long. Um, Is that the one that they, they're all getting addicted to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's oh, the yeah, one good there. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't take was, too much of that. Yeah, it was important to get off that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, now I'm just like, I mean, there was a period then where I couldn't raise my left arm above the level of my shoulder so i couldn't yeah. re couldn't reach for anything that's taken yeah. like that's still taking like physical therapy to to rehabilitate and yeah. but but now i can i can like reach the back of my head and stuff but i okay. developed developed like a palsy in my left hand for a while they're like ah that, that'll go away that's that's cool yeah <laughs> like, I would right. imagine you must be a very strong person to have got to have not known that you had those problems like your body you must be physically like naturally just quite strong and quite robust yeah. i guess yeah. so i would have hopefully touch wood that means you will kind of recover hopefully yeah touch wood um everything crossed 
Thanks. Yeah, they yeah. they said I was they said I was maximally compensating. <laughs> they were like, we 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 don't know how you're walking, but you we think your body is maximally compensating. I'm like, I'm glad. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. Just like this. You're young as well. Like yeah. if you were twenty years older, it'd be a bit worse, right. wouldn't it? But you're still yeah. young. Yeah. We we uh we caught the problem. We're we're on top of it. We're doing some yeah. more like tests and stuff and we're trying to get my spine to do its part of the group project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great really all the Minecraft stuff, isn't it? Because you yeah. can do that in one yeah. place and you haven't got to lug loads of stuff around the yeah. world <laughs> yeah. to do it. Yeah, I mean, even with with the pandemic has put I'm I kind of don't envy musicians who are considering like when to return to the road right now because short of the spine surgery I might be like, "Oh god, you know, I, I don't want my show to be the first show." Yeah. But but like <laughs> but I do want to tour again. But this has just taken it totally off the table for me for at least the next year and a half and I'm kind of okay with it. I'm like um it's um, the pandemic has forced me to discover stuff like Patreon and Twitch. And yeah. luckily, like it's I should have been doing that a long time ago. And it's paying the bills and allowing me to actually keep like releasing things and making things. And the Minecraft yeah. shows have been one of those things. But like I just released a, a movie score, the score for the movie Vault, actually. We just released yeah. that today, did it like a limited edition vinyl. So I was able to like manufacture new merch and stuff, which usually that would be super dependent on having a tour to sell it at. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so the money stuff is kind of like sorted for the time being. And we found new streams of income because of the pandemic. So I don't have yeah. to I don't have to say yes to any tour that isn't ideally suited for me. So, yeah, it might be a while, but. It'll be dope. Has it been quite nice being at home? This must be the longest you've been at home for, for like A decade. Ages. Yeah, yeah, at least a decade. Um, yeah, it's been dope. I mean, this How's Desiree not... feeling about having you home? <laughs> <laughs> we get along all right. We know now. We know that... There's not... I don't have... Uh... I mean, we were listening to a story about the rate of divorces is expected to skyrocket after the pandemic. <laughs> Once people get the fuck out of their bubble with that. And how many people are just like, oh my, you know, like, why do you do that with sugar packets? Why do you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, we haven't. There was a criminal in England who handed himself into the police because he couldn't stand living in the house that he was yeah. <laughs> in. But I don't know if what his situation was in that house. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if he was yeah. with his family or just with some other people. But yeah, I thought. Yeah. That says it all, doesn't it, really? Yeah. This is a good relationship tester because that, that was always a suspicion it was like we get along real well but also i dip out of here for half the year sometimes like yeah. <laughs> do we really get along that well or are we like time sharing this house <laughs> and, uh, as it turns out like we we do still get along and uh yeah i mean she arguably like saved all quality of my life uh yeah. with like insisting and staying on top of me that i take care of my body uh yeah. so i owe her that now so yeah, i gotta you do owe your, her your life <laughs> yeah so i gotta keep her happy uh but yeah it's been cool I, this also though this has been the longest i've ever had to be in america and that's been way less cool oh yeah because usually i do yeah. get to dip out on my marriage to america once yeah. for for a good portion of the year and uh so what's it like where you are? Because I know, so I spoke to my friend 
who's in Miami the other yeah. day, and yeah. she was like, the clubs are open, everything, you wouldn't know, you know. And I know that I've got my other friends, her family's in Atlanta, and she said, like, her cousin's getting married next month, and they've got 200 people at the wedding. Like, it's yeah. completely like nothing's going on. Is it like that where you are, or is it a bit more... It's slightly more restricted because I'm in the Northeast where it's traditionally like liberal, uh, but the Northeast is also has a, has a lot of money around and a lot of business interest around. So okay. it's it's not what would be like a real left wing progressive kind of place like you'd find on the West Coast. It's more yeah. like um, splitting the difference, sort of New York style between. Uh, being like socially liberal, but also, you know, we don't really give a fuck about you because we have huge corporate donors. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so things got closed down and people wore masks and observed certain rules to a point, but yeah. it was always left just enough to op open that, you know, people could be forced into work and... <laughs> You know, like schools had to stay open as the form of childcare that they could afford. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have had thousands of deaths that could have been avoided, like everywhere yeah. else in America, and and yeah, now now that the vaccines around, there does seem to be like a a kind of uh, just loosening up of everything. As I was out today, and the weather's getting nicer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At, at this point, last year. I guess I came back from Mardi Gras. I got to go to Mardi Gras for the first time ever in New Orleans. And yeah. th then I came home and immediately everything was shut. And then this, I feel like this was the first time last year where some fools started going out for spring break. And it was like, Mommy, fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, there's fireworks going on. Speaking of spring break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they must be celebrating because it's Easter. Popping it's off. Good, it's Good Friday. Go on, go away. It's, it's, <laughs> we were trying to work out, because I don't remember, I went to a conference school and I still don't remember what happened today. So I was like, did he die today and rise on Easter Sunday? <laughs> did he rise today and do something else on Easter Sunday? Maybe that's when he made the chocolate eggs. Yeah, yeah, I that's when he hit the eggs. he died today, I think. Yep. But well, then why is it called Good Friday? Go away, it's because it's good that he died so then he would go right around. Go, go to bed. <laughs> I think um, I think Kanye named it Good Friday. Did Kanye? He started that. It was a hashtag. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh shit! I know. I am my computer unplugged. Our connection has been broken. You can't hear this part. I'm turning my computer back on. All right. This is my secret time. To review how it's going. I think it's going good. I think we're having fun. I don't know who edits this, but this is bonus content right here. Mums and mummer, how's your summer? How's your winter? Master Splinter, Ninja Turtle, Technical Hurdles. No, Amy's gonna. Well, I hope she's watching the fireworks during this part. Hope she's peeping out the window. Hope it's not gunshots. It's not gunshots. You're in London, Gavna. Restarted my thing. I kicked my AC supply out. Piece of shit. Take me back, Zoom. 
I want to go back. Yo. Hey. Sorry. My, That's uh, all right. I kept recording. There's bonus content now on my on my <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I I kicked the plug uh, out of my fucking laptop. Oh, that's my, all right. My, my battery died instantly. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So. What are we talking next about? weekend? Big Minecraft show. That's next the weekend. benefit, yeah. Yeah, April 9th so and people 10th. Can, so you don't have to buy tickets. No. Or you can't. No, you don't know. Totally free. If you if you want to enjoy it for free or you can't afford to pay, then yep. hopefully the people who are paying, um, they buy you a ticket, you know. Yeah. Virtu- virtually, not literally. There's no tickets. Yeah. You just You just watch it free. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got money, splash the pot for the Union of Musicians and Allied Workers. Throw some loot yes. at us. Yeah. And then is there any plans for any others after that? Not concrete plans. Um, talk to a bunch of people. There's, I have a couple ideas in mind. Um, yeah, not nothing announced, but a couple seeds of things. I I also think I want to try a comedy show in Minecraft. I think that could be funny. Yes. Yeah. Plus, there's there's like uh, there's apps now that where we can get like a small enough audience to where you could hear some laughs. But also, there's some comedians that are funnier. I think if you if you don't hear laughs, so I'm gonna I'm I'm talking to some some comedians about maybe throwing a comedy show in Minecraft too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have all these tools to do it now. So we yeah. have a we have a twenty four seven Minecraft server, and I've started to after a year of playing the game, I started to actually try and play it the right way every once in a while on Twitch. So. I'd, and people will join in, uh, just join the multiplayer server while I'm playing to where I, I tried to start out like punching trees and then yeah. turning the, the sticks into stuff. And it's like a whole other game if you play it that way. Uh, <laughs> I still yeah. don't get it. I'm, well, I don't know. If... I love that my kids like it. And yeah. they have a lot of fun and they play, you know, well, with you and yeah. all their other little mates. And it's nice because they're interacting yeah. and yeah, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, there's no yeah. guns. I'm 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 very into the fact that there's no guns. Yeah. Um it's sort of it's funny. It's like a like a working uh model of humanity up to <laughs> the, the 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 modern age. Like I yeah, feel like yeah. on, on some level maybe kids are into it cuz they're like adults have fucked this whole shit up yeah. and pretty soon like we're going to be back to like real basics. So like let's learn how to turn shit into other shit. Like what do I need to make fire again? All right, coal, rock, sticks, word. Okay. And like that's what they're doing now. Like yeah. on the low they're just like preparing for us to totally crumble civilization and then they I have can't to start again. what it was, but do you know did Give me some information the other day, which I wasn't aware of. That was a really practical thing that everyone should know that she learned off Minecraft. She yeah. Said about making something out of something. She's like, "Oh no, you do this," and I was like, "How?" Did you learn that? <laughs> yeah. Like, Minecraft. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." Yeah, I was, I'm trying to play it in survival mode now, and and people are giving me hints, and they're like, "You're in the Paleolithic age," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> it's a it's a helpful hint, and like yeah. I. I had, I've had this dialogue ongoing with my nephew about guns for a while and uh, like he's into guns as a nine-year-old boy and he yeah. thinks they're really cool and I'm trying to like balance that perspective out a bit and and he he's always like well what about the zombie apocalypse and what about like and uh and he's like what about hunting like how are you gonna get food if you can't 
hunt. And Minecraft taught us recently, along with some like anthropology shit I was reading, but that I like hit me to some shit in Minecraft to where like hunting is actually like not the most productive way for, for humans to get food. Like it takes a huge amount of effort to go like stalk an animal, kill yeah. it, skin it, bring it back. And, and pre-refrigeration, we couldn't even keep that meat for too long. Yeah. So like the thing that allowed civilization to arise was actually farming. And it was the fact that we like learned to domesticate seeds and then domesticate animals to plow the seeds. And then yeah. suddenly we could feed everybody. We had more food than we needed. So it was like, oh, well, some of y'all can become blacksmiths and rappers and ta yeah. booking, talent managers. And, you know, <laughs> you know like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. farming. It actually wasn't yeah. the done thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> so Minecraft is hit, teaching the youth. It is teaching the youth. Saving the world. Yeah. One Maybe. day at a time. <laughs> simulations oh. inside of simulations. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to tell us all about it. Thanks for having and me. And I'll post links, obviously, to where you are. Be Dolan. I'm, I'm, a, big, I'm a big fan. Shout to <laughs> Mum and Mummer. <laughs> I wanted to get the noise, the Tim Westwood noise. You know, I'll, the... I'll send it to you. I have the, Thank the, you. The, you want the beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mom and mummer. Yeah. Do you want me to do any drops in that voice? I can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Send me stuff. Now, 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 now. You're listening to mum and mummer. Mummer, mummer, mummer. Beep, 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 beep. Wicked. Thank you. Oh, we'll have I'll see you I'll talk to you anyway but yeah, thank yeah. you so much yeah no doubt alright oh, safe and there word bye bye <laughs> <laughs> alright oh, I'll uh, thank I'll... you yeah no doubt how are you are you alright yeah I'm doing alright yeah uh, yeah physical therapy and, and all that is giving me a little more like range yeah I can I can like turn this that's about as far left that's about as far right. I definitely can't like whip my head around anymore. Yeah. Like, that. like um, whip your hair. Yeah, I can't whip my hair back and forth. Damn it. Still electric is never going to be quite as glitchy. But yeah. I, yeah, it turns out like all those Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer dudes yeah. all have that shit from years yeah. of yeah, this fucking yeah. shit. And uh, that's not that surprising know. though, is it? I guess really, when you think about yeah. what they put their bodies through. Yeah. I guess for like a little while, it's fine. But like, yeah. as a career. Well, no one tells you, man. Like, no one teaches yeah. you this shit. Like, as a fucking, as a dude, as a musician, as a, you know, like growing up as a boy, it was straight up like, like, hey, hey, dummy, carry that shit over there. Like, it was, I, I was big. I was always like big for my age, too. Yeah. So, and my dad was like laying tile and building buildings and shit. So he was, he was just like, make me carry heavy shit all the time yeah. and, and like everyone around me was carrying heavy shit like they all too like developed back problems developed like addiction to painkillers and shit like that like through the years and like um i thought i was ahead of the curve by being like oh i'm gonna go to physical therapy like that was that's a new idea for yeah. my generation like to not just like wait till you're fucking in agony and you're 50 and start like getting shit yanked out of you and fucking whatever like yeah. so 
but yeah, it turns out, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How lucky do. though. I mean, I know obviously it's yeah. really lucky that it did happen, but how lucky that you didn't know to yeah. that extent. Yeah. I mean, look, and you're all, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess yeah. it's the best time for it to happen as well, because you're, you've not had to cancel anything, have you? No, no. And in fact, I was in the process of like reinventing the whole shit anyway. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what's it going to consist of now? Had to be radically reconsidered anyway. So yeah. Yeah. But it is crazy. It's funny. Like that all my, all my old tour mates are just like, like Sage, especially, is just like having the same feeling I was having, which is like the last three to five years flash before your eyes of like, oh my God, I've done so much physically intense shit in the last yeah. three to five years. Yeah. Like thoughtlessly carried thousands of pounds of shit yeah. across a- airports, trains, yeah. boats, fucking. Uh, yeah. And then got up on stage and like smacked each other in the face and fucking, <laughs> you know, like our whole shit was physical. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the brakes clearly had to be put on that. And I'm not, you know, like, you have the memory of those times, but I'm not like, I am kind of glad that something forced them to be over. And now I got to figure out a new thing for like, the next yeah. part of life. Sometimes things happen that are, they're really shit, but then it's a bit good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can I ask what happens with the whole medical insurance stuff then? Like, are you covered for what you've had done? Yeah, so my wife has, or Desiree has like the grown up job that she like, she works at an office and she keeps like good benefits. But yeah, ha- if I didn't have her healthcare, you like, be- yeah, my surgery yeah. was like over $100,000. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. I would have had to like choose between my house yeah. and like my spine. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, it's like, I just, it just doesn't, I don't understand that. Yeah. No, and like, it's a real consideration. Like, I'm I'm not a big fan of, I mean, I'm close to all of the people who are here and it's the country I was born in and came from. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, like there's a strong impulse in my head that's like, do should we get the fuck out of this country before it like ruins us? <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I'm like, that's funny that my Italian grandparents came from Italy with that shit. And now I'm in America. Like, yeah. do I need to fucking emigrate from this fucking place? Like it's become that type of question between do you think it ever change or do you think fundamentally it can't because it was built on. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> it is demographically changing, but there's also this like frantic, last clutches of white supremacy going on where they're like clinging to all the Jim Crow ass shit and guns and it's all like this thin veneer of a Republican party which which like has its like voting suppression shit that they try and do and so if they I don't know it, it, that's the thing like it it sort of has to stay bloody in order for the same people to be in power yeah. and like that's what's fucked up it's just like are we going to overcome them or are they going to continually just have us in a state of like low grade yeah. war yeah. and famine <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah which is crazy but i how's england <laughs> like by comparison like it, yeah 
it's better. No, people, it, are people wilding out there? Or are people like, because it seemed at times like the UK was on some dumb shit too. So when the like the last election, when people voted for Boris Johnson after everything that he's done and stands for over Jeremy Corbyn, and I completely get that some people yeah. just like Jeremy Corbyn and he didn't go about things the right way with yeah. whole anti-Semitism stuff. He didn't talk out about it, which he should have done because it was a serious problem. And he yeah. didn't he didn't play the game with the press. And I do understand why people didn't like him, but to to choose Boris over him, it I just could I just thought I don't think we'll ever get to a point in this country where people will put us as a collective over their individual because I've got I've got friends of mine who are who are sensible people but yeah. they prioritise their own income over the greater good for everyone. And I just think, well if I think everyone's just become so selfish and just so self obsessed and like with this whole covid stuff like i understand that fitness like i work my main jobs with a dj agency we've not worked since last march because obviously there's been no gigs yeah but people need to be okay if everyone dies or half the population dies then no one's gonna be around to go to the gigs anyway but like, <laughs> yeah yeah such a like i understand if people don't get paid they don't go to work so they're gonna go to work because otherwise they can't feed their family. But it's like, it shouldn't be like that. Like there should yeah. be some kind of blanket covering right. everyone, you know. So I, I understand people acting yeah. selfishly in those circumstances, but it's just so fucked up. Like the whole thing's so fucked up. Like they've spent all this money on the, like the test and trace, track and trace thing or whatever, yeah, yeah. or signing wherever you go. And no yeah, one's yeah. it. It's, complete, it's yeah. a complete waste of money. And, yeah. you know, they're not giving the, nurses the pay rise they were right. to get they would put their lives on the line for the you know it's yeah. it's that and but people vote for it yeah. and I, I, don't, I don't know i just i don't listen to the news because it just upsets me and i just yeah 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 i mean definitely these two nations could have afforded to pay everyone to just stay home like that's ultimately what i will always take away from this is that like if like anyone really gave a fuck or if the capitalist like system was capable of giving a fuck <laughs> like that people were dying at this level yeah like it, it's they certainly did it like and so that's just like i'm kind of of a mindset of um like survival mode to where i'm just like okay like no one no one's looking out <laughs> like yeah. and you know, I think kids see through bullshit too. And like, it'll be interesting to see where the generation that is like young and about to start voting yeah. takes it from here. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there couldn't be a more clear example of just like, no one cares if we die. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really no one cares if we die. It's like, figure out how to stay alive because no one cares if you die. And it was, it was all the low grade jobs. They could still go to work. And yeah. the, you know, it's like people didn't care about them. If you've got yeah. the luxury, I mean, I, I work from home anyway, so it didn't make any difference to me. Yeah. But people weren't that lucky. Like people still had to, people still had to work. Yeah. My uh, sister-in-law works in healthcare 
and has had to go in like this entire time and like got her vaccine and now like the state's trying to close down her hospital like uh and like shit like that where it's just like and now as they reopen yeah in the middle of a pandemic trying to like close down like the hospital of last resort in our state where like only the patients who like can't afford anything are on like lifelong ventilators and shit get sent um so that's like a whole legal battle going on in the state now as they reopen businesses reopen beaches restaurants and shit and like you see all these people flooding out to go or you know like i mean the distinction to me like that was some like you know right in the street shit when you are seeing like people who are being forced to go in to wait on people rich people who are sitting there like eating with no masks on shit like indoors and like you know or, or just like the crazy like privilege that is just rare, rearing its head and because it like i there's obviously a direct line between like these white supremacist lunatics and the people who won't wear masks like they're they're pretty much the same people yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the, the reason is like they really feel like they're genetically superior and entitled to everything yeah and, and they don't have empathy like they don't possess it like yeah. so what the fuck do we do with them <laughs> you know like and i mean we'll see see what happens like there's a lot of rage for sure that's not i mean in america it's weird because joe biden was elected so like it seems like jeremy corbyn was like your bernie sanders and yeah. kind of came down to like bernie sanders versus trump which like a lot of people on the left wanted to happen here myself included like yeah. bernie sanders is the guy who's probably more politically aligned with me that yeah. was like you know universal health care like now's the time to yeah. do this yeah. Yeah. and so it's just like and it really like i was saying seems like moneyed interests sort of like steer that away and yeah. so now we just have this like like the vaccines being handled effectively, but it's not, it's far from utopia. And like, there's still, it's, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. There'd be a segment of like rich white liberals who will try to like go back to sleep like they do when there's a Democrat president. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like poor, angry people that are, I don't think gonna ignore what Joe Biden does day to day, especially if the, if the, fucking COVID can't be contained. Yeah. So, see. See what the fuck happens. Pandemic living continues. Then I don't really understand, like, it needs to, the whole world needs to come together on it, doesn't it? Because if it's, if every country isn't kind of acting responsibly with it, then it's just going to keep spreading, isn't it? Yeah, very so The whole thing's a bit... Yeah. I don't really get it anyway, like with the whole the vaccine here, like England are doing really well with the vaccine. I've been vaccinated. Yeah. Good. Um, Congrats. There's thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it needs to be like that across the whole everyone kind of needs to be on the same page, don't they, really? Because otherwise it's just gonna kind of keep Yeah. The herd. Fitting the herd. Which is, you know, I think that's the scary part is that ultimately like people with mega money and concentrated wealth at, at confronted with global warming and population and all that shit are probably looking at the total number of humans alive and just being like, well, we could stand to lose a few million <laughs> and like, and watching that get carried out. And it doesn't seem like an accident that, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. It's I don't ever consider it an accident when the shit rich, powerful people want is happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Low key. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, I hear that. I do think it is because it is it's the poor people that are, are dying with COVID. It's not that it's not yeah. the rich people, it's the poor yeah. people are dying. I, so, and that's like everyone in in uh you know America will have it and and like doctors still can't get it in Africa, South America, like, you know, like global vaccine distribution is like skewed way heavily toward, you know, richer, whiter nations, like, and privately owned patents on all that shit. Are like, yeah. like, how should that not be a human right? The, yeah, yeah. the patent to the COVID vaccine. Yeah. So shit like that continues, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're relaunching the nomore.org website, so I'm about to start digging up dirt on corporations again soon. And good. Oh, good, I'm glad about that. Yeah, that's another thing we've been doing, Loki, that I'll probably be announcing like next month. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let me know and I'll share everything. Yeah, we'll do. cool. All right, well, I'm gonna go because I've, I've it's half past 10 and I really don't think that they're asleep, so I need to go and shout at them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, see you. Bye. And I'll see you soon, hopefully. Yeah. Talk soon. All right. Take care. Right. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? So I hope you enjoyed that and I hope it made your egg eating even more pleasant. I, at this point in time, am intending not to eat any Easter eggs tomorrow because I'm not supposed to be having sugar for a little while because I've been saying I'm going to do it for the last five years and I still haven't. So I thought now would be a really good time when I've got 17,000 Easter eggs in the house because I like giving myself challenges. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please share this episode. If you want to talk about any of the points we made, please get in touch. If there's anyone you'd like to me to get on the podcast and please let me know as well that'd be really good i've got about 12 episodes in the bag so far i've spoken to some really amazing people so i've got some really good stuff lined up for you and i hope you enjoy it but tell me talk to me talk to me i've just been interrupted by my youngest daughter juno for the 700th time when i've been trying to record these things who's now dancing and all she wants to do is plug in her iPad because that's oh, all kids want to do. Unplug your iPad. All right. Well, have a lovely Sunday. Happy Easter. Eat your Easter eggs. Yummy. Yummy. And enjoy B. Dunn. Track him down. Find him. He's everywhere. He's like God of Minecraft. And I'm very sorry. My daughter's just whacked my mic on the floor. Work. Oh, I need a holiday. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.